Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. I'm going to talk to you and preach to you this morning on everything beautiful. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. The Bible says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor, it is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here this morning. And I pray that you would take your word and that you would use it in the lives of these, your people. Lord, I pray that if there's one here this morning that does not know you, that they would come to know you. Lord, I ask that you would help me. I pray that I would only say those things that would be honoring and pleasing to you. And that you would bless your people this morning. May your grace work in and through me. In thy name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'd ask that you excuse my seat this morning and the different podium that I have. But uh, I'm still weak. And... uh, it, uh, I didn't think I could stand the whole time. So what we're going to do is we're going <clears> to <throat> we're going to switch roles. You're going to stand the whole time, and I get to sit. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a four-hour message for you this morning. <laughs> I'm going to start off with a question this morning. A couple questions. How many of you have a favorite season? of life, like winter, summer, fall, or spring. How many of you have a favorite? Yeah. 
How many of you, your favorite is summer? You just love the summertime. All right, good. How many of you like the springtime? That's yours. Man, you must not have allergies. <laughs> How many of you like the fall with all the autumn colors and the oranges and stuff like that? I, I like that. I love nothing better than cracking your window on the, in the fall with, it, with a sweater on, sweatshirt on, and college football on the TV. There's nothing better than that. And, and, and halfway passed out. I mean, that is a blessing from the Lord. I mean, you know. How many of you are unsaved and like winter? <laughs> I don't know anybody. <laughs> There's quite a few people that like winter. I mean, that's great. My daughter, she loves the wintertime. She loves the snow. And because she never had to shovel the snow, I had to do it. <laughs> But uh, God bless you. But, you know, there's different seasons in life, is there not? I tell you what, um, I'm so thankful that we're coming out of winter. I'm thankful that we're coming into the spring. And I guess I used to say I was a summer person, but I guess if I were to really think about it, I'm more of a spring and and fall person, fall the most, but I do like spring. And and, and if, if you know me, I'm not a fan of cold weather. I don't like that. Ever since... Um, God took away my hair. I, uh, I'm telling you, I remember the first time. Uh, whoo, man! I didn't realize how much that hair kept me warm, and it was not it was not good. And so now I wear skull caps and beanies and all these different type of things. I'm thinking I'm going to convert to be a Jew because they wear a little yarmulke all the time, and nobody thinks anything over that. But uh, um, no, I'm just kidding. But um, I don't like the cold weather. But but just like. We have different seasons when it comes to weather. We have different seasons when it comes to life, do we not? Yeah, there's different seasons of life. And, and uh, what I found in life is that we go many times through more than one season at a time. There are many things that we can go through as, a, uh, as an individual. And you're going through different seasons. For example, I went through the season of I'm an empty nester and I'm a grandpop, you know, Nothing better than those two things. And uh, so thankful for that season. But I also remember when I was in the season of uh, a, young, uh, a, a young couple and we had young children and you're trying to buy a house and you're going through that season and you're trying to earn enough money and you're trying to pay the bills and you're trying to raise these kids and it's another season of life. See, life is intertwined. And therefore, multiple things happen at once. Every single person under the sound of my voice this morning, you're going through a season in life. And you may be going through more than one. Solomon, who's the human author of this book, is now an old man. And he's looking back on his life. And really, Ecclesiastes, you could sum Ecclesiastes up like this. It's a diary of regrets. It's a diary of regrets. And in chapter 3, Solomon looks back and he's writing about a particular season or seasons of life. In this passage that I read to you, there are 14 opposites which Solomon used. He used 14 different opposites to be able to describe to us the different seasons of life that everybody goes through. See, there's a truth that Solomon, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is wanting us to know. And this is what it is. This is the take home for today. I want you to remember this. Life is made up of seasons, and yet God is in control. 
Life is made up of seasons, and yet God is in control. And what we need to understand is to be able to get the most benefit out of those seasons of life. And the way to leverage that, the way to get the most benefit out of the seasons is to understand that God has a purpose and a plan for every season. There is no season in your life that happens by chance, but there is a purpose and a plan. See, there are three truths in this passage of Scripture that i like to give to you the, this morning in understanding the seasons of life. Number one, write this down. Every season of your life has its pains. Every season of your life, it has its pains, right? It's going to bring pain. Take a look, if you will. There's 14 pains here. Take a look at our text here. It says in verse 2, a time to die and a time to pluck up. Verse 3, a time to kill and a time to break down. Verse 4, a time to weep and a time to mourn. Verse 5, a time to cast away stones, a time to refrain from embracing. Verse 6, a time to lose and a time to cast away. Verse 7, a time to rend and a time to keep silence. Verse 8, a time to hate and a time of war. Yeah, all those things are painful, aren't they? They're burdensome, they're difficulties, they're they're, they're things that, that do not bring us much joy. Turn over, if you would, in your Bibles to Job chapter 14 because Job talks about this pain. So we've got to understand that every season in our life brings pain. But remember, what is it, church? God is in control. Would you say this with me? Every season brings pain, but God is in control. Would you say that with me? Begin. Every season brings pain, but God is in control. Take a look at Job chapter 14 and verse 1. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Is that, that's, I hope that's not anybody's life verse. <laughs> in, verse in chapter 5, in verse 7, Job says, Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Take a look in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, just a chapter back in, uh, from our key text, and it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, in verse 17, again, the diary of regrets, this old man's looking back on his life, and he says, therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirits, of spirit. Verse 23, take a look there. For all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief, yet his heart taketh no rest in the night. This is also vanity. You know what I found, though, about the American way of life is that we tend to focus in on the pain when we go through that season. See, in America, unlike many other countries, we believe that life is only to be good, to be pain-free, to be burden-free. We believe that life should have no hurt. You say, how do you know that? Look at a kid, a, 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 look at a brand new cu- a couple that has their child that's learning how to ride their bike. They look like the Michelin man. They are protected all over the place. They've got a helmet for their helmet. They've got hand pads. They've got fingertip pads. They've got elbow pads. They've got knee pads. They've got feet pads. They've got leg pads. They've got a back pad. They've got a belly pad. I remember when we learned how to ride a bike. We got on our bike with a banana seat, and my dad grabbed the hole in the back of it. No protection whatsoever. I was probably barefoot in a pair of shorts with no T-shirt on. And he said, go ahead, son. 
You know what I did? I fell. I hit my face on the side of the, the curb, I'm sure, or something like that. He said, ah, you'll be all right. Get up and let's do it again. You know how I learned how to swim? One of the wonderful members at Open Bible Baptist Church picked me up and threw me in the deep end. He said, you better learn quick. And that's the truth. That's how I learned how to swim. We didn't have floaties. America, we are so... And I'm not saying that those things are wrong. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong. A lot of those things are good. But my point is that we want to avoid all type of pain. We do everything that we can to avoid difficulty. And you know what I found out about American and American Christians? When we do experience pain, when we do experience sorrow, we're not only sad because we have pain, but we're sad that we're sad. See, life is made up of pain. But the way to get through it is to remember that God is in control. The first truth that we see is that every season has its pains. I'm glad that it doesn't end there. (laughs) It doesn't. Number two, every season of your life has its pleasures. Every season you go through not only brings pain, but it brings pleasure. Number two, there are listed out for us 14 pleasures. Let's take a look at the text. Verse two, a time to be born, a time to plant, a time to heal, a time to build up, a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to get, a time to keep. Verse seven, a time to sow, a time to speak. Verse 8, a time to love and a time of peace. So not only does every season of your life bring pain, but every season of your life brings pleasure. You know, there's something that we can find in every season that can bring pleasure or blessing to our life. You know, have you ever noticed that the seasons of your life are out of your control? You really can't control the seasons. And what happens is the reason we don't find pleasure in our seasons is because we try and control what only God can control. And so we get frustrated and we only focus in on the pain and not the blessing. You say, well, what can I control in that season that might be bringing me pain? You can control your attitude. You can control your perspective. You can control your thoughts. You can praise knowing that God is in control even in the midst of the burden. The other thing that I've learned about seasons is they're only for a time. They're only for a time. Seasons don't last forever. And so many times, instead of seeing the pleasure in the season, instead of seeing the blessing in the season, what we see is the pain and what we do is complain. Things will never change. i put it to you this way. When um, those of us who maybe like one season more than another, when we're in the winter season, what do we do? 
Man, I can't wait till this snow goes away, boy. I can't, I can't wait. I mean, all we do the whole winter, we're just complaining. Oh, it's so cold outside, and it's so difficult outside. And Man, I don't feel like going outside tonight, and it's just, it's just nasty. Then I can't wait for spring. Then we get to spring. Oh, my allergies are killing me. When is all this pollen going to go away? I can't believe this. This is just horrible. I can't wait for summer. Oh, man, it is so hot and humid here in New Jersey. I can't, every, you get a shower, you walk outside, you got to get another shower. I can't wait for fall. What? It looks so dead around here. There's no life on these trees. All the, the... And then we even complain when we have the perfect days. Here you go. This day is beautiful. I wish every day could be like this. We miss the pleasure. Every season has its pleasure. Every season has its blessing. And what we need to do is ask God to help us see the pleasure, see the blessing in the season that we're in. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, Peter is speaking to a, a group of Christians that have been scattered. They've been, they have been um, uh, persecuted for the cause of Christ. And he says in verse 6, We're in greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations or manifold difficulties or manifold trials or, or testings, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, Yea, rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. These people, you say, you're going through a very difficult time. You are being persecuted for your faith. Your lives are being taken for your faith. But he says, in the midst of that, I want you to joy with unspeakable joy. Why? Because Christ is coming back. The first two truths that each season of your life brings to you is that it has pain and that it has pleasure. But number three, every season of your life has a purpose. Every season in your life has a purpose. Verse 11 is the key. Take a look there. After he lists all 14 opposites, after he goes through all the seasons of life, he says in verse 14, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. See, in time, in God's time, everything becomes beautiful. And it says here also, he has set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work of God. You know what he's talking about there? He's talking about that all of us long for that beauty. It's talking about eternity. There's something even in the best of our days here on earth that we long for. Uh, we long that we would be rid of this sinful body. 
We long that we would only have pure motives all the time. We long that we would always be kind to people. We long that we would love as Christ loves others. I mean, we just long for that. And he's saying, look, God's going to make it beautiful in his time. I want you to think about we just commemorated and celebrated that. The most ugly thing from a human standpoint would be the cross of Christ. The most devastating, the most painful. Those people back then, they had all their faith and hope and trust placed in this man called Jesus that he was going to set them free. And now they see him ravaged, beaten, bloodied, and nailed to a Roman cross. It was hopeless. That season of their life brought great pain, brought great burden, great brought great difficulty. Even as Jesus was walking with the two disciples back on the road to Emmaus, they said, have you not heard? And it's been three days. It's over. They were distraught. But then came Sunday. And he made everything beautiful in his time. It looked like the darkest of nights. But it actually turned out to be the brightest of days. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 is the Old Testament verse for Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I can't help but think about the person of Joseph. When his brothers sold him into slavery, they wanted him dead. And he said at the end of his life, basically God made everything beautiful in his time. He said in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, and I quote, But as for me, but as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15, the Bible says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we think not. But though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, did you hear that? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding internal weight of glory. See, God has a purpose for each season of your life. You just heard about Brother Rich telling us really what a wonderful season that Open Bible has been going through. You know, over the past four weeks, we've seen over 70 people trust Christ as their personal Savior. Amen. There's nothing better than that. This past Easter has been the best Easter that we've ever had since I've been your pastor. We've seen more people saved. We, we, we also have people that are going to be baptized and those who are interested in making Open Bible their home church. We are in a great season of reaping and blessing. You want to know why that is? It's obvious because God's hand is upon this work. That would not happen without God's hand being upon this work. Man does not produce salvations. Man's just used we're just used. We're just tools. It's obvious that God's hand is upon this work in this season of blessing. But it's also because of you good folks. You say, what do you mean? You invited. People can't hear the gospel unless people are invited. Others. 
And so it's because of you good folks. But thirdly, it's because the reason that we've seen this season of blessing and reaping is because of the team that God has blessed us with here at Open Bible. And I want to take a few moments this morning to acknowledge the team that God has brought together. So would you bear with me just for a few moments as I brag on the team? Tyler and Carrie, could you stand for a moment? You folks have been very faithful here in the ministry of Open Bible. And both of you have worked extremely hard to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Your flexibility to be plugged in in what area of ministry that I've needed has been a tremendous blessing to me and to our church. Carrie, five years ago, a little over five years ago, you, would have been, you were scared to death to get up there and play the piano. And now you help lead our church in worship, and I thank you for that. Amen. Yes. Yes. And Tyler, you're like the, uh, what's that, that guy you can plug in anywhere? Huh? Yeah, sort of like, yeah, he'd be like the Energizer Bunny. He's a very hard, but it's like the guy that you can plug in anywhere, wherever you need something, boom, he can do it. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness and your hard work and the many hours that you put in here to open Bible. And it's because of what you've done here, the rest of the team, that we're able to see what we've seen. God bless you. You can be seated. Steve Beppel, would you stand, please? Steve, I... <laughs> I want to appreciate, I appreciate your financial knowledge and dedication to the ministry. You have been dedicated to this ministry through ups and downs. And you've been a tremendous blessing to Open Bible. Your personal generosity and your professional generosity, giving of your time and your finances. You've helped us accomplish the mission of Open Bible Baptist Church. You have saved us literally thousands and thousands of dollars. And you have sacrificed and your business has sacrificed so that the mission of Open Bible could go forward. Not because you wanted any accolades or any, anybody to know that that's what you were doing just because you love God and you love this work. And I want to thank you for that. God bless you. <laughs> Stephanie Connor, would you please stand? You have brought to our office exactly what we needed and what I needed. Your attitude and heart for the work of God is such a blessing to me and to our church. The way that you manage everything day in and day out. Your daily encouragement to me. You're a wonderful personal assistant. And your dedication to the ministry is an example to all. For though most people don't know this, for over two years you dedicated voluntarily, before you were ever on paid staff, 20 hours a week just to be able to help the ministry because you love Jesus and you love this work. We didn't have the money to pay you. And so therefore, you just wanted to work. 
to be a part of the ministry. And I'm indebted to you for that. And so is this work, and we thank you for it. I don't know that I could have asked for a better personal assistant. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we think very much alike. <laughs> and you've been like a, a glove to me and be able to help me in many, many ways in our church. I know I would not be able to get done the things that I get done without your help. God bless you. You can be seated. Bob Fenton, would you stand, please? Bob, you got a heart, and so does your wife. You've got a heart as big as South Jersey. Your generosity to Open Bible has helped us accomplish great things for God. Much of what we see here is because of your kindness and your love for Open Bible Baptist Church. You have helped many, many people behind the scenes without ever wanting to be noticed, wanting to be heard, wanting to be recognized. You and your wife have given faithfully and, and generously of your time and of your finances, and also not only your personal finances, but your business finances. I can't thank you enough for how you've been a blessing to me and how much you have done behind the scenes without ever wanting to be noticed. You truly have a servant's heart. And what you've done for Open Bible and how you've blessed Open Bible in so many ways is a blessing to me. God bless you. You can be seated. James Kima, would you stand, please? Brother Kimba, I watched you from the time that I first got here. And I watched how you have cared for people. You and your wife have a great heart for the people of Open Bible Baptist Church. You're always wanting to make sure that the people are heard and cared for. I'm blessed to have you as a part of our team here. You keep me in the loop on the things that I have no idea about what's going on to be able to help make sure that the needs of this body is taken care of. I thank you for your love for the Lord and your love for this work and your love for me. Thank you for being a friend. God bless you. Kevin Lillia, would you please stand? I want to ask you one question. When I was in your history class giving you fits, <laughs> did you ever think I was going to be your pastor? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're a faithful man. You've been a friend to me. You know a lot of my warts, and you could have hold those over my head, and you never did. You've willingly submitted yourself to my leadership, 
But once you were my authority, and now as a, your pastor, you've submitted to my authority, and I thank you for that. I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for your friendship. I thank you for your patience in, in helping me along and giving me exactly what I believe the Lord needed me to hear. You and your wife have been nothing but a blessing to me. And I love you and I thank you for serving here at Open Bible Baptist Church. God bless you. Will McDonald, would you please stand? Will, you are a wonderful encouragement to me and to our church. Your texts, your phone calls have been such a help and a blessing. The one thing that I appreciate about you is your perspective. You come at things from a different angle and you help me as your pastor to be able to see things from a different angle to make a better and a wise decision. You've been a friend. You've been an encourager. You've been a help. You and your wife have a heart for this church and a heart for these people. And not only that, you've done things behind the scenes to be able to help this work that nobody knows about, but the Lord does, and that's all that matters. I want to thank you for your faithful service. God bless you. Richard and Elena, would you please stand? The first time that I met Richard, I was in Las Vegas. No, I didn't find him at the casinos. And he was not, high, uh, he was not headlining anything as a, as a singer down there, but I met him in a church. And I looked at the individual that I was with. I said, if you ever find out that that guy needs a job, let me know. I'm going to hire him on the spot. And thank God he brought our paths together. Rich, I don't know of another person that made such a great impact in such a short amount of time. You, my friend, you think beyond your years. You have blessed and continue to bless this work with your talents and abilities that God has given you. You've been an encouragement to me on so many occasions. You have helped me, and you have helped this work immeasurably. And I thank you for it. Thank you for your hard work. We've got two hardworking staff members here, and I thank God for it. Elena, thank you so much for all that you do behind the scenes. Though you're quiet, you don't say much. But what I've learned from you is what you have to say has a lot of weight. Thank you for using your technology skills to be able to help us get the gospel out even more effective than we ever have. Thank you for being a good mom to your kids. Thank you for being a blessing to me and to our church. Though you guys have only been here for, what, a year, maybe a half? You've definitely made an impact. God bless you. You can be seated. Bob Smith, would you stand? 
Mr. Smith, you've been like a second father to me. Right here on this second step over here on this, the altars where I had no direction in my life except for the wrong direction. And you sat down on that stair with me and talked with me and gave me a job. You've been more than a, just a, a friend. You've been, like I said, more like a father figure. I know that if I needed anybody that I could go to and talk to about anything, it would be you. That you would never look down on me for what I would have to say or the way that I felt, but that you would continue to love me unconditionally like you have. You exemplify, you and your wife exemplify what it means to be a faithful deacon. For years, decades, you and your wife have served this local body faithfully, sacrificing of your own time, your talents, and your treasure to be able to see the work of God go forward. You continue to fulfill this role. Even with your wife going through very difficult circumstances, you continue to fulfill your role as a faithful deacon. I thank you for being my friend. And I also thank you for being like a second father to me. God bless you. You may be seated. Desiree, would you please stand? Desiree, you've done more behind the scenes for Open Bible than anyone that I know. Your servant's heart is an example to all. And I would not be able to do what I do without you. Your constant encouragement to me the times that you sat by the bedside when I was at my lowest point. And you never complained. Day after day, week after week, month after month. You don't want to be in the spotlight. And I know I'm probably going to hear about it when I get home from making you stand up. <laughs> but that's all right, I'll take my chances. Because I love you with all my heart. I couldn't do this without you. God bless you. you say, Pastor, why, do you, why did you do that? Because we've got a great team here. And God has used them to help us have such a wonderful season of seeing all these people saved. And that's a blessing for me. And you know what the greatest blessing is? I've been able to be the captain of this team. It's been an honor and a privilege to be able to captain this team that God has brought together. But you know what we need to remember, folks? That the captain's only one part of the team. The captain doesn't make up the whole team, but he's only one part. Just like in sports, if, for example, if a captain gets injured and cannot play, there's another person that will step up and fill the role of the captain. But guess what? The team still goes forward. And I'm so thankful for the privilege of being the captain of this team. But I've come to realize that it's time for me as captain to step down. It's time for me to step aside. 
I know what Open Bible needs. And because of my overall health, I cannot continue to give Open Bible what it needs. Folks, you're in good hands. This ministry is going to continue to go forward. But now Open Bible is going to go through a season of transition. But God's going to make it beautiful in its time. I know that this is God's will for my life beyond a shadow of a doubt. My last Sunday is going to be May the 30th. I want to let you know I'm not leaving for another church. I'm leaving because of my overall health. I can't give open Bible what it needs. And I will not continue to just hang on. My emotional and I'll just say it this way, my internal health is not good. I made this decision long before, I shouldn't say long, a couple weeks, I guess, before COVID. The COVID that I went through this past month. I was at the point where I was almost where I was about four years ago. And I knew it was time. I can't carry the burden anymore. You need a pastor that can be able to give you exactly what you need. And I can't do that. I would ask that you would continue to pray for my physical health. My blood work has not come back good on my cancer. I had an ultrasound this past week on my lymph nodes up in this area, that did not come back good either. That's not the reason. That's almost just confirmation of the reason. But I want you to know, I'm not going to another church. You say, Pastor, what are you going to do? I have no job. We're stepping out by faith. I don't have anywhere to go. We're going to be moving down to North Carolina right now to stay with my daughter and her husband until God gives us further direction. I need you to understand that this is not necessarily what I want. But I want to stress to you, this is the decision that was really made for me because of my health. I would never stick around open Bible because it's best for me and my family. I would never take advantage of open Bible like that. I would never just hang on because I've got it good here and I do have it good here. I wouldn't hang on because it's, I've got it so good. No, that's not being a person of character. I am making this decision based upon what open Bible needs. You need a pastor that can fill all the roles and responsibility for this work. So what does that mean for you? During this season, what should you do? Pray for the unity of this fellowship.
Can I say one thing? If you leave because I leave, you're here for the wrong reason. If any of these men were to ever leave, if you leave because they leave, you are here for the wrong reason. Pray for the unity of this fellowship. I want you to start praying for the next man that will be called pastor of Open Bible. Pray for the deacons as they take over the leadership of Open Bible. They're going to take my place as the authority here at Open Bible until the next pastor comes. They will also become the pulpit committee. So pray for them. What else can you do? You can be faithful to the services. You can be faithful to continue to give to the work of God. And you can be faithful to give and share the gospel. Remember that God has a season. And this season has a purpose. It has a a purpose for us as a church, but it also has a purpose for you personally. Hey folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, and you accepted Him today into your life, and and you put your faith in Him, I would like to send you free of charge two things. First, I'd like to send you this book, Done. It's written by a friend of mine, What Other Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible. And then secondly, a brand new Bible, just like this one, I'd like to send to you. So please, do me a favor. First, I'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill out the electronic connection card right below. Click the link. When you fill that out, put your address in, and I will be happy to send this book done and this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.